Hey there, and welcome to the Leap Podcast. Striving to meet the greatest challenges facing humanity, Leap is a global tech event and a platform for unearthing the minds of some of the most influential people on the planet. Join our conversations as we explore the pivotal role technology has in reshaping our world. Welcome to another edition of the Leap In Podcast Series. Today's focus is on one of Leap 2022's stellar standout speakers, who we're pleased to be welcoming back to Riyadh for the 2023 edition. James Khan, CBE, is an entrepreneur, television personality, and former investor on BBC Dragon's Den. He's best known for that television programme in which he was one of the Dragons from 2007 to 2010. More recently, he's hosted The Business Class on CNBC, a series which sees him joined by experts from a cross-section of industries to analyse and advise innovative UK small and medium enterprises. He's also chairman of the UK government's Startup Loan Scheme. James has written several books on business and his life and has been involved with many charities, including the Prince's Trust, Marie Curie, Mosaic, Care Foundation, the NSPCC, and Penny Appeal. James owns a worldwide recruitment empire. Artificial intelligence is the buzzword of the decade. It's been near omnipresent in the news online, and most importantly, for this conversation, in the workplace. But getting employees, managers, and even directors to not only learn AI skills, but just to understand the impact of AI has been markedly difficult. Today, you're about to hear from James Kahn regarding what will happen if this skills gap remains unaddressed, how the gap could be mitigated, and what the future of the workplace might look like. James, welcome. When did the gap in AI skills become such an obvious problem in the UK? I think in the last few years, Richard, we have seen an incredible transformation of the introduction of AI. I think the genie is out of the bottle. I think people have become way more aware of it than they have in the past. And I think in years to come, I can definitely see AI transforming the way we do business and how we work. What exactly is the problem? I think the problem is that we have this huge lack of skills of people to be able to develop AI itself. Um, I think the technology absolutely exists, but in order to execute and implement the technology and bring it into the workplace, I think there is a massive global shortage of talent to develop and enhance the capability of AI into the workplace. Where did this stem from? I think it stems predominantly from the lack of education, the lack of awareness, the lack of focus of organisations, governments, to recognise that the jobs of the future are different to the jobs of today. And I just don't believe that we are educating our workforce to embrace the changing digital transformation that is taking place in the workforce. And how long has this issue been on the horizon? I think at least for the last five years, I think we've all known it's coming. We've been certainly very aware of it. There's been so many different products you know, available. And if you look at GPT chat or chat GPT, just look at small bits of technology like that, that can literally transform how we work. And that's just the beginning of what I think is going to be a revolution 
that will take place with AI. Chat GPT really is the most astonishing innovation, isn't it? I think it's sort of exploded onto the market. You know, I, I think from what I hear in the market generally, they're doing a fundraising round with a valuation of in excess of between 20 and 30 billion. That in itself just gives you some idea of how people see the impact that technology has. You know, if that was acquired by Microsoft or Google or Amazon, etc., or, or you know Facebook. I mean, it would it would just simply transform the way those platforms can work, and it would make those platforms so much more user friendly for the consumer. And basically, it just allows you. It's a bit like Google. You know, if I want to write a script, if I want to write any content, for example, if I'm going to a wedding and I want to write a best man speech, I just simply put that in the search bar and say, write a best man speech. If I want to write a post, you know, if I want to write an advert, if I want to write an essay, it just picks that question and produces the essay for you. I mean, it's just transformative in how we operate. And indeed, ChatGPT can code. Absolutely. One of the downsides, Richard, is obviously that you could almost put in an exam questionnaire. If I was going to take an exam, I could almost use ChatGPT to virtually, you know, do the exam for me. So I think it's still a bit early days. It probably needs a bit more development. It probably needs some regulation. Like all technologies, in the beginning, they're they're kind of quite exciting, but there are consequences. So I'm hoping that governments around the world, organisations, can put in the right level of security and governance to ensure that the product is actually used and designed for what it does best and not to cut corners in things that could be compromised. What do you feel, James, is the risk for British business if this lack of AI skills continues not to be addressed? I think it makes the UK uncompetitive because, as you know, you know, certain technologies have transformed the way we work, transformed the way our economy operates, transforms the purchasing power of countries technology is here to stay despite the blip we had last year I still believe it is that you know the heartbeat of the economy and if you're a country that is not positioned to take full advantage you are in an uncompetitive situation you'll be left behind what will the impact be on the economy what that basically means that we will not be able to embrace it we will not have the workforce that will be able to integrate it into businesses and products that we use. It will mean that companies will not be able to take advantage and therefore create the efficiencies that technology you know, can produce. So if you look at the phenomenon of Zoom and video conferencing, it has transformed the way that we work today. Literally the hundreds of millions of people today who are working from home because of access to Teams and Zoom, it has revolutionized the workplace. I see AI having the same sort of impact as Zoom has had. It just makes us much more efficient in how we operate using artificial intelligence. And I think any business or economy that is not positioned to take advantage will be disadvantaged. And if the issue remains unaddressed, how will the workforce, the existing workforce, be impacted? Well, Richard, I've been hearing the same line for 30 years that technology, you know, will create a huge lack of jobs. But I'm in the recruitment industry myself, Richard, 
and have a global recruitment business all around the world. And right now, do you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a shortage of talent. There are more jobs than we have people. So actually, it hasn't happened. And technology has been advancing for over 30 years. From my personal experience, Richard, what I see is technology makes us more efficient. And therefore, as a consequence, we change the way we work. And it, for example, it creates other opportunities. And as we've been debating, AI today is creating jobs we can't fill. So, you know, we might be losing jobs in one sense, but we create jobs on the other side. I think what technology is doing is creating a more value-add job opposed to the more basic simplistic jobs. So typically technology or AI replaces the simple actions that we as humans do, which can then be done by technology, and humans can do things that are more intellectual, that require more thinking, more creativity, more innovation. So if you look around the world, look at the impact that technology has had on our daily lives at work. Look at the fact that we literally run businesses today on the back of a smartphone. We don't even need to go into offices. You know, that there's hundreds of functions that our smartphone does. But, you know, how many people have been laid off because of it? They just evolve. Technology evolves, businesses evolve, people evolve. And we, you know, I, I think it replaces certain types of jobs, but it creates new jobs. So certainly from somebody who runs a global recruitment on empire, I don't feel this is necessarily going to diminish jobs that we do today. How can we address the artificial intelligence skills gap in the future? I think the way I can anticipate the skills gap will be addressed is as soon as people have awareness of the opportunities that AI will offer, as soon as people start to see the impact of artificial intelligence in the workplace, as soon as businesses start to, to benefit from the efficiencies, I think you will see people start begin to embrace it. People will want careers in it. They'll start to apply for jobs in it. I think generally speaking today, I think if you spoke to, to the average person and said, what are the kind of skills needed in AI? They probably don't know. A lot of shortage, I think, is created by simply unawareness. Who do you feel is responsible for spearheading, if you like, any changes in this respect? I think it's a combination of both the private sector and the public sector. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a common, it needs to be a common collaboration between the two, you know, if we are really to take full advantage of what this new technology will create. So my strong view would be it's a partnership between the private and public sector. Well, hypothetically, if we can ensure that businesses are better prepared for the AI revolution, what could the workplace look like in the future? I think if you look at just what the pandemic did to the workplace, you know, I mean, I have offices in 20 countries around the world. The general workplace, I think, has changed because we're now having people working from home. We have people working three days a week. We have people coming in two days a week people are changing their working patterns. And that, frankly, is only possible because of technology, because of cloud computing, because of Zoom. Technology has enabled us literally to transform the way we work. I think with the introduction of AI and the introduction of the metaverse, 
I think you will see a combination of us being able to work in a very different way, where we will be able to interact with each other in a very different way using technology, artificial intelligence, the metaverse. I think the combination of things to come will absolutely transform the way we operate, the way we purchase, the way we travel, the way we access healthcare, the way we enjoy our holidays. You can do all of these things literally using technology, using artificial intelligence, and all, almost the virtual world. Are there any countries where AI skills you feel are being prioritised better or more poorly? I would say what I've noticed is Asia seems to embrace technology at a faster pace than the US or Europe. When I travelled through Asia, and frankly, even the Middle East, I'm staggered at how quickly they are embracing technology. I think a lot of it is when you look at countries where demographically you have a lot more younger people, the acceptance of technology seems to be much faster. If you look at China, they have literally embraced technology at a much faster rate than anywhere else I've been. We've been having credit cards for 20, 30 years. They've almost bypassed credit cards and gone straight to smartphones. We're still, a lot of people in Europe, I, you know, you still see them using credit cards. Where in Asia, it's all on WeChat, you know, on the, on the mobile phone. Asia has embraced technology in a much more aggressive fashion. The Middle East has, has, I think, embraced it. So if you look at autonomous vehicles, Dubai has already started and spearheaded that. You've already got drone deliveries taking place in the Middle East. So generally speaking, from what I've seen from a personal experience, is the Middle East and Asia are much faster at embracing technology than Western Europe or the US. Do demographics come into play, do you think, when we're considering the AI skills gap, age, location, other demographic factors? Absolutely. Most countries that have a young population are seeing a much more rapid acceptance of technology than countries that have an ageing population. So I definitely think demographics have a big part to play in how technology, artificial intelligence is being embraced. Let's talk about education. What role can schools play in ensuring that the population gets the necessary upskilling and maybe even higher education? That's a really interesting topic, Richard, because I think education is the spearhead of how we advance. And if I look at the British education system, it dates back to the 50s. Now, if you look at the way the world has changed in the last 70 years, it's beyond recognition. Why is our education system not developed, changed in line with how the economy has gone? Why is it still lagging behind? If we don't get our education system in line with the developments of the economy and the transformation of the digital world, you know, our young people are being developed for jobs that they're not prepared for. So I think education has a, a massive role to play. And around the world, I'm just not convinced that education is keeping pace with the changing world that we live in today. So you'd say it was important for governments to realise that they need to be prioritising AI skills in their educational programmes? I don't think it's important, Richard. I think it's critical because the genie is out of the bottle. The way we operate today, how many people do you see, Richard, you know, writing things down? How many people do you see 
you know, using traditional methods of education. It's all digitally focused. It's all on laptops. It's all on smartphones. We need to prepare the new workforce in the world we live in today, not the world we lived in 50 years ago. And if you look at the way that, that we work, that we operate, you know, how we communicate, all of these things have changed beyond recognition, yet our education system is still the same. So I think it's not important. It is critical. And the quicker governments around the world understand that and the quicker they embrace the technology and, and sync it with the way that we are educating the new workforce, the more efficient, the more productive they will become. And it's at the heart of how you drive the economy. So to me, I think it's a really, really important issue. And the quicker we embrace it, I think the better for everybody. What would be the first step on the path to achieving data and AI upskilling in the future before anything else? I think it's understanding its implementation. It's understanding what you want out of it. It's understanding how it will impact your business. Everyone will have a different use for it. Everybody has a slightly different approach to it. If you look at the metaverse, if you look at how that's going to transform the way maybe you buy property, you know, you'll be buying property online, you'll be able to walk through the apartment, you'll be able to see it. It might be the way that you travel before you book a holiday, but you may be able to literally go on the metaverse and experience where you're going to be traveling. It could be in healthcare, the way we access doctors and, and how we get diagnosed. So I think, you know, AI will impact pretty much every aspect of our life. And the quicker we understand, the quicker we see how these products are going to be implemented, the more we can plan around it, the more we can plan how we're going to use it, the more we can plan the kind of people we need to employ that will be able to implement some of these new products that are available to enhance how we operate. I wonder what your memories of last year's conference were, James, and also what you're looking forward to this year. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing conference, Richard. I couldn't believe just the amount of people that attended the conference. You know, we just come out of the pandemic and I think there was nearly 80,000 people who went through the town styles, which I think was an incredible achievement for Saudi Arabia to put such an incredible conference together. Some of the exhibitors I thought were really outstanding. I just saw so many organisations with such cutting edge technologies Obviously, I really enjoyed the entrepreneurs with their business ideas and was really blown away by the quality of some of the ideas that we saw. And I think this year, from everything I've seen, I think it's going to be bigger and better than, than the year before. I think Saudi has really taken this very seriously and are putting a lot of resource behind it. There's some incredible speakers that have been invited. You know, we've got Anthony Joshua Terry Henry, we've got Karen Brady, we've got Dragons, we've got, you know, a, an array of people from all over the world. I think it's going to be probably one of the biggest events of this year in my calendar. James, many thanks for your time. And remember that James Kahn will be joining us for the next edition of Leap, taking place from February the 6th to the 9th, 2023, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And we'll be back soon with another edition of the Leap In podcast series. 